0: You're supposed to say hello. Oh, hello. (laughs) Welcome to the Circle of Dads, the space for sharing stories about the struggles and triumphs of fatherhood and learning to become better men. All right, so welcome to the Circle of Dads. My name's Ryan. I'm your host, and I'm here with Zach Pettigrew at M&P Law Offices. Yes, sir. And uh, today we're going talk about uh, talk about some questions that I know a lot of guys have especially guys that are newly divorced or going through divorces or or just have kids and and they're they found themselves in that um, that emotional wasteland of trying to find the best possession rights or possession set up or child support and my old lady screwed me and I don't ever get to see my kids man and And so we're going to talk about that, and uh, I've got some questions that I'm going to ask, and and Zach has been so kind to uh, donate his time in trade for an omelet and some hash browns and answer some of those questions, so maybe you guys can get over some of those fears of the unknown and be able to make decisions to move forward and be more active in your kid's life and maybe get a better deal. Deal. Even saying that makes it sound less than ideal. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like why should we have to it's, have a deal? It, yeah, and it's um because emotions are involved. I mean, the reality of it is is, is the in an ideal world you wouldn't have to have paper. Right. <laughs> right? It would be I call you and say, "Hey, you know, I really want to take the kids today. I want to take them to dinner." And you would say you as my ex-spouse would say, "Sure." And it it should be that easy and for some people it is but you know i think we're here today more to talk about how we get to that point and um some of the more horror stories that you hear so we'll get we'll get to that point and how my opinion on on how you get there because it's no there's no one path And it's not necessarily quick. It's not necessarily easy. And it's painful. And as men, I think it's sometimes things that you have to do are against our natural biology as guys of wanting to fight, wanting to fight, wanting to fight. And at the same time, there are certain instances where when you feel like just laying down, that's the time you need to fight. So. The biggest obstacle, really, is the emotional aspect, and and why is that? Is because, uh, you know, for uh, children are emotional. I mean, right? They bring out emotions in us as as men, as as humans. Women too. Without them, we may not otherwise act certain ways, right? Um, a, a secondary aspect of that is money, especially for men. Men um, get emotional about money. Yeah. I, I mean but we just do. And that's not necessarily some women do, but they do it from an aspect of of security, right? We do it as an aspect of, I earned that. That's my worth. That's my worth. I, I think even though you see, you know, we talk about equal rights and we talk about how men and women, you know, should have equal this, but biologically in certain aspects, especially in emotion, we're not necessarily equal. So, um, we react differently to different stimulus and different and different uh, activities. And so uh, emotion is one of those big things that's hard to overcome. Um, and as an attorney, I, I feel like I tell all my clients, my job is to try and take as much emotion out of this process as possible. And the reason for that is because you have to make choices, decisions, not necessarily based on emotion,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but based on a number of different factors. What's better for your kid? What's, what's better for your pocketbook? Right? I mean, there's a lot of different factors. Um, so when I handle a case, I tell people at the end of the day, I'm going to help you make a so-called a business decision based on all the factors involved. What I don't do is ever tell a client to agree to something less than what I believe um, they're entitled to. Now, you know, just uh, off the bat, I have an obligation to put forward any offer that comes from another attorney or another side, and I'll always put that forward, and I'll always give pros and cons of that offer. And even if I don't believe that it's the right offer, if that client wants to take it then we do it. But I try and always inform my clients to the greatest extent possible um, before allowing them to make that decision one way or the other. And that's, you know, trying to take that emotion out of it. Which,
0: you know, if anybody's ever struggled with an ex, those are um, treacherous waters to navigate. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, you never know what's going to happen. And, and they just have those buttons they can push. And any other time, it wouldn't, it wouldn't affect you with anybody else. But there's something about the way she says it with that one eye twitch and that smirk. And you know what she really means. And so then you just all bets are off because then you start losing thought of any, of any rational um, – you, you lose the ability to make any rational decisions mm-hmm. past your nose, past your ego. And that whole deal about
1: I'm not going to get what I want – I'm Mm -hmm. not going
0: to get what's fair. I'm going to get screwed.
1: Well, I think it's, uh, you know, again, a lot of things that happen here, that they're amplifications of of human nature, right, because it is such a a raw emotional uh, um, dealing. So I think when those things happen, instead of having the natural reaction of take in information, analyze, and then create an intelligent, thought-out, Response: We react, Mm -hmm. right, and and so that reaction comes in many different forms—anger, spite, um, stubbornness. You know, maybe you get on Facebook and you start and you start writing something bad about your ex. My ex did this to me. My ex did that to me. Um, You you do things that normally, even somebody that infuriates you, you wouldn't do otherwise. And so it creates a barrier to your improvement, because the only thing that matters and that's kind of, you know, I think we'll get to this here in a little bit. But the only thing that matters at the end of the day is not you. Right. I mean, and that's what as dads and is so infuriating. And when we see moms that that, you know, they let their emotions get in the way, maybe a little bit as well. And maybe they're spiteful or they're stubborn or they see things different from you. So that they don't see it the same way you do. I don't, you know, I don't think you can provide this as well as I can. I I don't think you're as good a father as I am a mother or whatever the case may be, right? What we lose sight of is that kid. And at the end of the day, the emotion that you're showing is going to come through on that kid, Mm -hmm. right? The disdain you have for mom, whether you say it or the way that you act when you pull up, you don't say hi, when you pull back up to drop your child off. It's a contempt. It's, it's a an contempt. And, 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 you know, we notice how much kids pick up yeah. whenever we're just watching them in day to day. And, you know, the first time that your kid says shit and you're like, wait a second, <laughs> you know, when they're three years old. So, so we recognize that, but we don't take time to sit there and recognize what happens when we're treating people that that they love A certain way, and so, and and it's very hard to do in the aspect of you know a divorce, especially a contentious divorce. Um, You know, and and not to interrupt, but not
0: not not only someone they love, but someone that they're half of. That's one thing that we have to remember: is we are half of our mother and half of our father, whether we like it or not, whether they like it or not. So, if you insult the mother. Like, I always tell everybody, don't you ever say a bad word about their mom, ever. It doesn't matter what happened. Because in 20 years, they'll look back at that, and and you're going to gain their respect, and you never muddied those waters, because those kids are going to come up to their own, they're going to come to their own conclusions. They're smart. I mean, you know, I mean, you came to those conclusions, they're half you, so they've got some of your personality. They're going to come up with their own.
1: But you're basically insulting half of them. Mm -hmm. And that's their mom. Yeah, and and it doesn't do anybody any good. You know, you're gonna you're gonna end up um, instilling in them not only maybe this false sense of contempt for their mom because they don't have the same struggles you do. So you're putting your baggage on your kid. So they're gonna have the same contempt for that you have maybe. But not only that, hopefully it doesn't backfire on you and they don't resent you. And, and that's and that's the bigger one. Um, a lot of times that I tell parents, well. She says this or does this. And the one thing, you know, coming from a coaching, coming from a sporting background, I was always taught, um, you know, and and when I was in college playing, our coach would always say, don't worry about what anybody else does. The only thing that you can control is your effort, your actions, your reaction, right? So I try and tell my clients that I, I don't care what she did. What'd you do? I care about what you did. Why? Because if she's writing stuff on Facebook and you get on Facebook and write the same stuff, I can't go confront her about what she wrote on Facebook because now you have the same level of contempt that she had. And she brought you down to her level. And she brought you – and you're allowing that. So your reaction is just as important as what hers is. And and kids see that. Kids – see that if kids see you being the bigger person no matter how hard it is i mean and it happens with with married couples mm-hmm. it doesn't matter whether, whether it's an ex or it's or it's somebody you're currently married to as and, and and women should take heed of the same thing it's not this is a human deal but as talking about as being dads and husbands fathers whatever sometimes you've got to Stop saying, well, she did this. I did this and she hasn't done this. Or she doesn't do this. or Because it doesn't matter. Yeah. At all. It doesn't matter. Because the only thing that you can control is yourself. What you do. Your reactions. Your emotions. You know, how you talk. How you speak. You know, it's... It's just one of those deals that I try and, and, and not teach clients, but I think everybody knows it, but sometimes we are not self-aware enough as men to take that responsibility and that accountability, you know, and that's part of, it, not to say that every time that a client comes in here, it's a counseling session because it's not, but my goal is to give my clients the tools to be successful as a co-parent and not have to continue coming in here and giving me money because if you do it you know if you if you do it right and ultimately it works out the way that you hope it does not the way I can never guarantee anything's going to happen but the way that you hope it does you may never have to see me again and that's my goal i'm glad you brought that up because of the conversation we were having before
0: Um, Conversation we had at breakfast. And, you know, I had questions that I had brought, but really they all come down to what we've already covered or what you've covered is you have to be accountable for your own actions. I have a friend, an older man that says you are accountable for every action and choice that you make but you are also accountable for every action and choice you don't make. You have to pay for everything. And so as men, we like to point the finger. You know, you get emotion in there, just like you said, and this might be redundant because you just said it all, but that that's at the core. Like if you can see your part in things, it makes it so much easier to kind of set back and be like, yeah, how could that have gone any other way instead of like, that was unfair and I'm getting screwed and she's such a bitch and this and that and it doesn't matter
1: mm-hmm.
0: I've, you know, that whole deal about, uh, you know, I learned that in recovery, man, is, is the good news is there's good news and bad news the bad news is you're the problem the good news is we can do something about you because you can't do anything about what anybody else has do- what anybody else does, but you can change how you react and I've been trying to teach my daughter that since I can remember. That was one of the first lessons. It's like it doesn't matter what little Susie did. What did you do? Right. It's
1: it's you're telling me all the problems. Where are the solutions? Exactly. What's the solution? Exactly. I can give you problems all day. Yeah. But that does nothing to get to an endpoint that's beneficial for anybody. So, uh, you know, that's clients come in here with problems, and I try and give solutions, and and I try and help them look at it from that from that standpoint of, you know, let's stop thinking about what the problems are. And let's see about solutions, and let's see about it from the one aspect we can control, right? And that's us. Mm -hmm. I can't control what your spouse or your spouse's attorney, your ex-spouse's attorney, is going to do, or what the court's going to do, or you know anybody else that's involved. What I can control, and what you can control, is what you're going to do. Are you going to voluntarily go take that co-parenting class so when we go to that first hearing, we can we can say, Judge, you know. This is what I've learned from this, and this—I mean, it's—and and I don't say it to to say that everything's a game, but at the end of the day, it's life's a game, everything's a game. What have you learned? How how are you going to benefit that child? Well, and and even like you're you're coming in front of me.
0: You paid this man money to come represent you, and you've been sitting at home playing Call of Duty instead of trying to become better, trying to be more prepared. Like it's game day, mm-hmm. you haven't done anything why what's going to happen when that kid has a big project or when that kid has this or when this happens? Are you going to be able to show up so I mean that kind of stuff is not necessarily playing a game it's just
1: mm-hmm. well head- you have you know you talked about your recovery and and you know we see clients that come in and they're you know they've been on drugs, they're on drugs, they're on alcohol they're whatever, and that doesn't necessarily mean you're a lesser parent or you're a lesser person. But that court wants to ensure they no longer care about you. They no longer care about your wife, about your wife or your ex-spouse, right? I mean, they're, people say, well, the court shouldn't have that much power. Well, they're looking at statistics, well, right? Well, guess what? The court has that much power. So forget about what you think the court should be able to do and understand what the court can do and understand that the only person that can influence that court is you. And so if you have... If you if you have problem drinking, or you drink too much, or you, you were drinking too much, or however it was affecting your life, you've now got to stop because it's put you in a position where you're having to explain to somebody what it's done to you. And when I say you have to stop, I don't mean you have to stop drinking completely. What I mean is is you have to now with drugs we're a little bit a little bit different there. Don't be coming in and testing positive for. You know a bunch of drugs, but social drinking is different than abuse of alcohol. And I think you and I talked about this earlier. A lot of people say, oh, I don't have a problem. I just drink socially. Well, if you're drinking two, three nights a week to the point where you're drunk, that's called abuse. Uh -uh. If you look on a scale, it's called abuse. Mm -hmm. Okay? That's, I mean, it just is what it is. Now, doing it every once in a while during the Christmas season or doing whatever, different story. But if you're consistently doing that... That's not healthy, and it doesn't matter whether it's healthy for you. It's now no longer healthy for your child, because why does the court want to put that kid in your possession when they know Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you're under the influence? Mm -hmm. Now you're affecting that child, and that's kind of, so what are you doing? Okay, what I've done is, you know, I'm no longer going out to these functions. When my child's here, I'm with my child. I'm not having somebody come over at night when they're asleep and going out with my friends, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe I've started doing some, uh, you know, some reading, maybe I've, whatever. I'm not saying you have to change everything about your life, but as men, as anybody, but as men that want to be good fathers, you have to understand how your actions are affecting other people and then take accountability. You know, we talked earlier about some legal issues I had when I was in law school and that the greatest thing that happened to me was getting arrested, right? Because I, I had to go through a process where I had to sit in class for six months with people that had 10 DWIs, that had true heroin problems, that had all these things, right? And, and why you get to say, oh, well, I'm not as bad as that person, right? Because, because we're always comparing ourselves to other people. Yeah. Right? At the beginning, it's, well, I'm not as bad as that person. I don't have the same problems that person has. You don't know? You don't know? How do you know what they've been through? You don't know what they've been through. That person could have been through complete hell when they were little, and this was an offshoot of that and all kinds of stuff. So, you know, the beginning was comparing to other people. You know, saying, I don't deserve to be here because... I'm better than them. I'm better than them. I didn't do anything wrong. And by the end, going wait a second, all these little choices, like what you told said earlier, you've got to be accountable for not only what you did, but what you didn't do, right? All these little choices that I made is what landed me here. Absolutely. Over the course of 18 months. It wasn't one thing. It wasn't two things, three things. It was a number. It was an accumulation of a lot of stuff that I allowed to happen that landed me here. And, and so... That's why I said earlier I think that's one of the best things that ever happened to me because it allowed me to learn accountability and, and self uh, and to be introspective about who I am and realize whenever I'm going, well, my wife didn't do that. She's getting on me, but she didn't do this. Well, hold on a second. It doesn't that, matter. That's her bag. Yeah. Right. She asked you if you, did the, you would do the dishes, and you said yes, and you didn't do them. So now you're wondering why she's upset and you get defensive and say, "Well, she didn't do this because you don't want because you know you did something wrong." Right? I mean and while we all sometimes have that natural reaction as as guys, especially, we have to be better and, and understand we have those reactions and we have to tell ourselves, talk to ourselves and say, "I can't do that," especially with my kid watching. Right. I I can't I can't treat my wife that way. I can't speak to her that way. I can't make promises and not keep them. I cannot model that that's the type of man he needs to be. Right. I can't. I mean, so dad says he's going to do something and doesn't do it. So then whenever your kids school age and you ask them to do something and they say they're going to do it and don't do it. Can you get mad at them? better go do some work on yourself, homie. I mean, so so it's... I mean, we all have those issues. The problem is not having those those thoughts, feelings, actions. The problem is not doing anything to try and better yourself. Not looking at it and going, dead gummit, it. I missed an opportunity to be better, right? I mean, I missed that opportunity. So from just... You know, I think right now, the beginning of this has kind of come outside the scope of really the, the custody stuff and all that. But just as guys whether it's in a relationship or whether it's whether it's, you know, in the in the terms of a custody dispute or a divorce as guys, we've got to be better for our kids. I mean, because regardless of our relationship with our wife or our ex-wife, those kids are going to model who we are, how we become. That's why, you know, that's why family violence is it, it is a cycle. Those things are a cycle because Kids learn. They learn behaviors. They learn behaviors. Yeah, you know, and once that and once they're there, they're so hard to break at that age.
0: If you hit a kid in anger, you know, there's a difference between spake and a child, mm-hmm. and that's a that's an individual parent's choice.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, popping a kid is in between you and the kid, and however you want to do that. But if 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 my daughter sees that she says the wrong thing or she does something wrong, and uh, you know, tracks mud in the house. And next thing I'm grabbing her by the arm and just whipping her ass. How do you think she's going to react whenever her husband raises his voice or she does something wrong, wrong, I'm using air quotes. Like, right. like she has an accident or wrecks the car or something like that. She's going to go to that. This is how I'm treated. Right. Chances are she might even allow s- it. seek out guys that emulate that kind of behavior. Mm-hmm. Because the custody stuff, the legal stuff, Um, that's all an accessory to the bigger picture it doesn't matter what your specialty is or expertise as men as fathers the goal is to be better if you had that magic bullet that you were about to share with everybody right now like hey this is how she can pay you child support and you get all the goodies with zero legal fees if you're an asshole it doesn't matter the child is going to suffer and if you put yourself aside, you know, principles before personalities, it, it's important that we are providing an environment for the kid to thrive and to be better. And to do that, we have to be better. So I think what you're talking about is is absolutely within the scope of what we should be talking about.
1: Yeah, especially on the circle of dads page to begin with, you yeah. know, make, make each other better. So, well, all right, let's, so let's, let's get into some of those things that, okay,
0: so, what does a clean divorce look like?
1: And if if you even want to talk about like what's it cost, uh, we can we can talk about all kinds of things. Um, everything's relative, right? you sure. n- You'll never come into my office, and I'll never give you a definitive there's of a, anything. There's no menu on the wall. No such thing as a clean divorce. As a, you, you have agreed and you have contested, and then you have somewhere in between, right? But you never have necessarily and. I say that you never necessarily have generally a clean divorce. The only clean divorce I've ever done was an eight-month divorce where they just came in and signed papers, right? I mean, that's about as clean as it gets. Um, and you still have those, but the reality of it is is most of those people, they get online, they find you know cheese, cheesy documents, and they sign them, and because they hadn't been married but six months and have no kids and have no property, they never have any issues, right? But the big problem is is when you do have kids, when you do have property, um, there's no such thing as a as a clean divorce because uh, you know, nobody wins. Nobody wins. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody's heard the term, and it's joke, jokingly, it's cheaper to keep her. It's cheaper, you know, but it's not necessarily cheaper to keep her. But divorce is expensive. Instead of having one household, you have two households. And now instead of having two households without a kid, you got two households with a kid, with two kids, with three kids. So the cost of that single household has just gone up exponentially because you got to feed two houses. Right. You've got to keep the lights on in two houses. So what are the costs of those things? So there's no the you know, i am never telling anybody that there's a clean divorce. We do. We try and – I try and push agreed divorces. Why? Well, number one, I don't have to keep calling you asking for money, right? That's that's an easy deal. We typically do an agreed divorce anywhere from 3000 to $3,500 with a kid, okay? Um, that's just basically our time in um, drafting – discussing different language discussing the property division drafting documents and then showing up at the courthouse to get it done typically what it costs here can you find people that do it cheaper absolutely I mean I'm not going to tell you to go use them right I'm not trying to cut my business out by saying that but at the same time I feel like in some aspects you get what you pay for yeah you're gonna end up paying more right online. you're gonna it's just like if you get online I make more money off of people that did their own divorce than I do that come to me originally. Why is that? Because it's oftentimes cheaper to knock a house down and rebuild it than it is to try and fix all the problems in that house, right? I mean, as a metal guy, yeah. I mean, you have a couple of bad welds, it may be hard to fix it once that structure's standing. To be clear, those are not my welds that are o- bad. Okay. If your competitor has yeah. a couple of bad welds and you had to come fix it, sometimes, I mean, you you understand what I'm saying? The the anecdote there is, it's easier for you to yeah, come yeah. in and spend the money up front, than come in and write me an hourly check to go fix what we could have done right to begin with. Yeah. and that's kind of what you know. Reading some of your stuff on on Circle of Dads, you know what we get into you know, with regard and what we'll get into a little bit later of you know guys just don't understand what their rights are, and so they kind of take what they take at the beginning and then they don't realize well hey i'm getting hosed here and then they have to spend a whole bunch of money because for 2 or 3 years this has been the status quo now wife doesn't ex-wife doesn't want to change it mm-hmm. because she's got all the cards so you know there's no such thing as a clean divorce the the idea divorce is where the sp- the two spouses can effectively communicate and i say effectively because we can all communicate F-U is communication, right? It's not effective communication. Sure. Right? Go to hell, I'm not doing that is not effective communication. Even if that's what needs to be said or you want to say, that's not accomplishing any end goal. So when I say effective communication, it's being able to sit down or talk on the phone and say, hey, you know, this is where we're at with our kid. This is, you know, what I would like to do. What are your thoughts? What are your thoughts? Let's discuss this. Um, this is our property. You know, this is what, you know, excuse me, this is, you know, kind of what I was thinking. And, and from that standpoint, men have to be ready to understand that they're not going to get, they're not going to take everything they they want to take. And they might not also have all the best answers. and And they may not have all the best answers. Their position may not be the best position. And it may not even be the best position for them, and they don't even know it. So that's what, you know, a lot of times men come in here and they say, well, you know, I'm going to give her, she's going to take the house and the debt. Well, okay. How much equity is in it? Well, not enough to make it worth fighting over. Okay. Is that 10, 15? How much? Right. Okay. 10, $15,000. Well, great. Okay. You're right. That's not enough to fight over. But is your name on that mortgage? Yes, it is. How are you going to go get a house? Yeah, exactly. You make enough money to pay two mortgages? Well, no. Well, then you're not going to be able to get a house because even though this court document says that the payment's hers. Bank doesn't care. Bank does not care and that's what that says. So, so a lot of times you get into a situation where you, know, you have people that do this on their own. And they, and they don't do the proper paperwork after. So they go ahead and let wife have the house, have the mortgage payment, keep the equity, whatever. That's part of the deal. And their name's still on the mortgage. Well, they didn't properly paper it so that whenever a wife can no longer make the pay- payments, ex-spouse comes in, makes the payments, forecloses on the house, because there's a way to do it, to where you have rights to go foreclose on that house. That's to protect you allow you to make those payments and then immediately call it due and then potentially go foreclose before the bank does. Now, you've got to notify the bank, and there's all these things. But it basically protects you from your ex-spouse going six, eight, nine months a year without making a payment and destroying your credit. I've seen
0: that firsthand, not myself, and I won't share who, but I saw that happen, and it was, it was terrible for her. It's, it continues to cost her. Um, you touched on a lot of things that, well, first of all, you said um, you just kind of, you don't know what you know, so you just take what you take because you think you're getting a good deal, and then you find out you're getting hosed. So that kind of ties back into you're accountable for all the decisions you make and you don't make. You know, as men, we need to step up and, and, and do the uncomfortable stuff. It sucks and it's fearful, but you, so you do something based on fear and ignorance. And when I say ignorance, I just mean lack of knowledge. Um, And it puts you in a situation to where you're screwed and you shouldn't have been because you didn't own up to it or you didn't, you know, be a man or whatever and, and, and handle your stuff. And so now it puts you in a situation to where you can't provide a good house for your children when they're with you a good environment because you hold your ex in so much contempt because you're so resentful when really you should be the one you're pissed at and then now that can be held against you and it creates a bad environment so it's just this nasty cycle
1: it it is and you know it's not cheap i'm not going to sit up here and say that that it's that it's cheap not i mean most people have been going through an agreed divorce nobody has the fun sitting aside in their checking account that's that's labeled divorce especially when you're both fighting over that checking account and getting sneaky right nobody nobody necessarily has it's not affordable for anybody there's no such thing as as an affordable attorney because that's not that's not a cost of living an expense so it's an additional expense it's not affordable not very many people have 3500 dollars laying around that they can just part with and it doesn't hurt them but I know a lot of guys that have $4,500 mountain
0: bikes, gun collections, uh, 401s. You
1: didn't, but they don't want to get rid of that. That's, I don't want to get rid
0: of that. That's it right there. That's and mine. That, and that's the court. That, but those are your fucking kids, man. You know, a mountain
1: bike, they'll come and go. That relationship is not. Well, and, and, that's, and that's another deal that we could talk about later on, on the contempt side when you don't pay your child support. And the court and, and, and your ex-spouse's attorney is, is asking for a list of all your property. Why do they ask for that? Because they're going to go to the court and say, he owes $20,000 in child support and he's got $50,000 gun collection. And you know what that judge is going to do? Sit your ass in jail until you can figure out a way to sell that gun collection and pay for your child support. I can't believe that you have all this. I'll never get what I paid for him.
0: That's your fault, man.
1: I mean, and, and whether you think it's right or you think it's wrong, that's your kid. That's your kid. And whether you think you deserve to know how she's spending the money you gave her or not, that's none of your damn business. And why not? Because the court's saying it's none of your business. Now, if you're paying your child support, and and let's say, and this is just we're getting into hypotheticals a little bit on that, and we're kind of off track of what you originally talked about, but you know, it, it may matter how she's spending it if she's coming in asking for over, you know, over the standard amount or over the the guideline amount. And you're sitting there going, well, you know, at that point it matters how she spends it because the court's not going to allow her to go get her hair done every month and her nails done every week. And, and all her this lights st-. are getting cut off. Right. And, and her lights are getting cut off. And she's saying, well, I can't make it. And the judge is saying, well, stop spending $300 a month on your hair and nails. Right. So in that aspect, it matters. But as long as she's taking care of what she's supposed to be taking care of. And you're at what, you know a statutory guideline or what the court even thinks that you're supposed to be paying, it doesn't matter what she's doing with her money. It doesn't matter what she's doing with your money because you're paying that. That may just, that may just be her, her mortgage payment. And that's the kids where your kids live. I mean, I mean, that's, that's so, so those types of things, I mean, it's, it's, the $3,500, and that's kind of how we got onto it, is the cost of a $3,500 for an agreed divorce. Sometimes a contested divorce can become agreed real quick when you get an attorney involved. Why is that? Because the opposing attorney now knows that there's somebody on the other side that knows the rules. It's real easy for me to go to court and shut you up because you have no idea what you're supposed to be saying, right? Especially in a court like Parker County where we don't have associate judges and you know a lot of times when you get in there you better know the rules. In Tarrant County where you have associate courts it's a little bit different. Right, they're not courts of record, which means there's not uh, except for I think Thursday they have a court reporter cuz that's an enforcement day. But they typically don't have so so anybody that's listening next time you go to court in Tarrant County and you go to an associate court you won't see more than likely somebody type in what's being said because they're not a court of record. So the judges allow certain things, right? They allow you as the father to come in and say whatever the hell you want to say, right? Even if you're not supposed to, even over my objection, right? Because it's not a court of record. And as an attorney... Can't put, I, can't I, put the smoke back in the Right, as there, an attorney, you? I can always go appeal it to a court of record and we can have this all over again, right? It's kind of like small claims versus going too big court um, but at the same time I can turn around what you say I can I can make what you're saying look different than what you're saying right I mean that's how that's my job you know and, and if you have an attorney I know what you're supposed to be getting so long as you're not you know a bad parent and by bad parent I don't mean you know, hey, you give your kid the best life ever. I mean, you're not out there doing drugs while they're in your care. You're not, you, you know, you're putting them in their child's seat. You're doing you're doing all these things you're supposed to do as a parent. If I know that you're not a bad parent, I know what you're supposed to be getting. But if you don't have an attorney, I also have a client that pays me money. To do the best deal that, that you can do. That To do the best deal that I can do is what she tells me. Now, I can tell her, hey, And I do. I tell all my clients, male, female, whatever. I tell them all, look, I know you want what you want, but I want your main consideration to be the kids. What do you think is best for your kids? And if they tell me I think it's best for my kids that they don't get to see their their dad once a month, I get paid to do my job. Right? My law license is worth a lot of money that I've spent and that I've worked a long time. So. I've got to do, within the realm of what is, what is ethical, what the state says is ethical, I've got to do what they ask me to do. Is there a balance between your personal ethics and state?
0: Are there times when you're like, I can't do that? Can you say that? Uh,
1: absolutely. And there, there are certain times, in certain cases, you know, I've never had a, a mom come into my office and say, whenever it's been a perfectly good father, sure, and say, I only want him to see him once a month. Never had that case. Now, there are those out there. I'm not saying they're not out there. In my nine years, I've never personally had one. Um, And in my contract, if I ever thought – in my contract, I have a deal that basically says, hey, if I don't believe that – basically, if we're at an impasse, right, I'm giving you advice, and I think you need to take it, and you're not taking it, and we're at a fundamental – disagreement and how this is to proceed, then I'm off. I'm out. Yeah. Our journey together is over. Period. Best of luck. Um, And I've had those cases, you know, um, not so much in the family code because uh, most people will listen, no matter how mad they are. And time is a big factor in that. Right. Uh, The initial, the initial conversation may not go well. I give them a day or two. Come back and say, Hey, look, here's the deal. This isn't a good, this is not good. It's not good for your kid. It's only going to cost you more money later whenever dad comes back and wants more time. It's going to cost more issues for your kid. It's going to, I mean, is it really best for you to have this child seven days a week by yourself with one weekend
0: off? That's one thing a buddy of mine said. He said, You know, I was kind of talking about my standard extended possession because that's what I have. And, um, And I was like, yeah, I mean, it sucks. I want her more. Like, if I had my way, I'd have my daughter all the time. And we'd be best of friends, and there'd never be any issues. And she'd go mountain biking with me and to the gym and all these things, and my life wouldn't change at all. It's not, that's not realistic. Not realistic. He said, yeah, but, you know, because he's married and he has kids. And, you know, they have a great relationship. But he was referring to a buddy of his that said, man, it's awesome. I get to have my cake and eat it, too. You know, I get to be single three and a half days a week or whatever, four days a week since it's the 49-51 split. But then I get my kids the rest of the time, and then I'm involved in their life 100%, and their mom gets to have a social life. It's really not a bad gig. And, you know, once he said that to me, it was just a whole different way of looking at it. It was like, huh, that's not bad.
1: Well, I mean, look at it this way. It's it's like, for instance, my wife is, is, is going to Houston this weekend. Uh-huh. And because I was supposed to be going hunting this weekend, open weekend, I don't know if that's gonna work out or not. But, you know, most of the time when I get things done, it's when she takes the kids and goes to Houston to visit her parents. And most of the time when I get my best sleep, it's when she takes the kids. and, And now it takes me longer to go to sleep because nobody's in the house and I'm like, man, I need everybody back. But I get my best sleep when nobody's there. So, I mean, and something that I fall short of a lot is trying to give that back to my wife, you know, and, and I think as as men and as husbands, that's one thing that, and as humans, we want, 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 but we failed ever. I mean, we don't fail, but we, we fall short on the giving part. And I tell my wife to go do stuff all the time. I don't push her enough, probably. Because um, they're naturally not. Selfish, selfish like we are. Yeah, not to the extent that we are. They're, they're, more, they're more I want to be home with the kids. Maybe
0: not selfish. I mean, everybody is selfish. Some, they have that more that maternal mm-hmm. guilt to stay.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have the guilt of if I leave, I feel guilty for leaving my kids. But as men, I don't think we necessarily, especially when we're married, we don't have, we're like, oh man, I get a minute to breathe. Well, and I need to go be productive. I need to go do some stuff. I need to go hunt. You know, whatever. It, and I, when she asked me if I wanted to go to Houston, I said, "It's. It, I would love to go hang out with your family. But the only time I get stuff done is whenever you guys are away. So I can go get the flower bed. I can go pull all the stuff out. I can cut all the dead stuff. I can fix all the ten lights in the house that I've been needing to do for two months. I can do some of these things. And, oh, yeah, by the way, I made take the side-by-side side and go to the Defender Outdoors, and I may spend a couple hours at Sporting Clay Ranch on some me time. And there's nothing wrong with that. The deal is we have to understand from the aspect of this custody deal, it works the same way. Yeah. And when I talk to clients, I say, well, what's realistic for you? They say, well, I want my standard. And I say, well, but you're never in town on these dates so would it be better to do a you're typically home on the second and fourth weekends right so why wouldn't it be better to do second and fourth weekends and and do from Wednesday through why don't we move instead of Thursday you do extended from Wednesday you do Wednesday through the weekend until Monday morning it may not end up being 51-49 but the deal is it's something that you can be consistently present. And as dads, the biggest thing that I see that's missing or when moms come in here to see me and we're doing modifications or we're doing whatever, it's, you know, you and I are on the different aspect of it, right? We're on dads that want to be there. But I have clients come in here all the time and they say, well, you know, they may show up, they may not. They don't call when they don't show up. And that's just as bad as the mom being negligent. Negligent, and and that's and that gives us all a bad rap, right? And so, being consistent and being present, those are the two things that you can control as far as in your child's life. Are you at every single game? Doesn't matter whether you have possession of that child or not. Are you at practice? Do you go to lunch? A lot of parents think, "Oh, because we're separated, and I don't have them on Friday. I can't go to lunch on Tuesday." Why? What you want to who, see him? S- who says you can't go up to school and have lunch with your kid? School doesn't care. The school doesn't care. You're not taking that child from school. No, their parent. No, I wouldn't suggest that you remove them from school for the day and go do whatever without getting, you know, letting the mother know and getting getting approval because that technically would be a violation if it wasn't your time. But my point is, people look at these. I mean, they look at their papers and say on the papers I, I, I need that to be in my paper i need that to be in my custody agreement i want to be custodial parent well what does all that mean what does that entail you can do everything you wanted that you can do as a married couple with your child you can you can be present you can go to all their school functions you can go to lunch with them you can go do you know dad morning breakfast with them You can go talk to their teachers. You can be on the, on the email chain. You can get that information and you want to know how to set up for it. You know, if you're, if spouse isn't holding up their end of the deal, there was one question on there of how do you become custodial? Well, that's a tough question, right? What's precipitating the change? Okay. We'll get to that question. I'll go ahead and because it's within the realm of this. sure. I'll go ahead and kind of talk about that. In order to do a modification, you have to have a change in circumstance. Or, I mean, basically the old rule was that the order's unworkable, right? That changed a little while back and they kind of took that out. And the, the statute actually says there has to be a change of circumstance, right? Um, for, and that's for a custody deal. Has to be a change of circumstance. Well, what's the change in circumstance? is it just that you want to be custodial is it that the child wants to live with you is it that the child's not getting their homework done their grades are slipping is it that the child is exhibiting certain behavioral issues is it that we've gone to a psychologist and the mom is is is, there's verbal abuse maybe there's verbal abuse by the new spouse maybe there's physical abuse what is precipitating the change because i'll tell you this you walk into my office and say, "Well, nothing's nothing's really changed. I just want to be custodial parent." I'm going to tell you, "Don't waste your money, and don't rock their world, and, and and don't yeah, don't do it because unless something's changed or there's a reason to change it, just be a good dad, be present, be there. If there if if it's if it's rocking along, be there. Now, if you do have those issues, it needs to document everything. You need to be part of that school. You need to be, if your kids' grades are slipping, if they're not showing up, you need to be calling the teacher weekly. Hey, what can I do to help? Sending emails. What can I do to help? Because when you come to my office, I'm going to say, well, you know, have you contacted the school? Well, no. Well, okay. So you just want to go in there and say, grades are slipping? We don't know why. Nobody's told us, nobody's told us that they're not bringing home their homework because we hadn't asked. Nobody's told us that they're having trouble with their math on this specific deal because we hadn't asked. Right? We we want we want to give you know we want, but we don't want to find out what the underlying issues are of that. And and ultimately if it's stuff like too many absences, if it's not bringing home homework, those are all things that will play into that decision those are the change in circumstances right and typically those come with other issues yeah those come with with issues related to psychological stuff and it doesn't necessarily have to be abuse it can be that the child is i mean they're in a position where they're where they need to be seeking counseling and mom refuses to do it that's a change in circumstance you know now whether the court changes custodial or orders her to take that kid to counseling, those are two options, right? You come in here and say, well, I want to change custodial. I'm going to say, look, may not be the case. However, if you think that kid needs to be in counseling, we need to go fight for that. Regardless of what the court says about the custodial point, we need to go fight for what's best for the kid. We believe that it's custodial on our side, right? Because she's refusing to do this. (laughs) Mm-hmm. That's all we have control over, right? We talked about earlier about what can we do. That's all we have control over. Now, the court can make a determination to change custodial or not. Well, and one, you know, while you're saying
0: all that, what I can think of um, is times that I've had those same thoughts in my situation. And one thing I was thinking of is I wonder how many times a man will kind of have this deal like, you know, um, I'm not involved in anything, and this is this is bullshit, and blah blah blah, and you know I pay her, and this and that. I want custodial, or instead of going and talking to her and trying to figure out what they can do to improve the situation, maybe they just haven't been as active as they could have been, because like you said, we can just kind of fade back, and and, and you know if it's our own natural, we don't realize we're not given enough. We're just sitting back, going, well, I never find out anything. Um, I had that same experience, you know, uh, with Abby's school, you know, since her mom has her the beginning of the week. It seemed like her mom, it would fall on her mom to uh, to kind of manage the schoolwork. Right. And so I got almost complacent. And then I realized, well, that's bullshit. That's on me. That has nothing to do with her. I can ask her, you know, put me on the email chain I can come to her and not say, you know, one thing is you don't go and like, you never do this and you never do that and blah, blah, blah. And just say like, hey, I would really love to be more involved just so I can know so that when she's at my house and she says, no, I don't have any homework because here's a secret, a little pro tip. Your kids will lie to you and they'll they'll do it
1: exceptionally well. You know, Well, and and that works double-fold when they know that the two parents don't get along. Yes. They're going to lie to you knowing that you're not going to call the other one because you don't want to get into an argument or you don't want the the confrontation. And when you don't have that effective communication, it works because you're sitting there getting mad at the ex-spouse because you're saying, I can't believe she won't do that, instead of picking up the phone and saying, hey, she's telling me she doesn't have any homework. That's so unusual. What's the deal? Yeah, yeah, what's the deal? And ex-spouse going... She's full of shit. She's full
0: of shit. But see, and that's the thing is in your child, they are developing behaviors that you model or they're learning how to survive in this world. So if they look at like, they say these things to dad and dad's like, God, your mother. And they know, they instantly have, you've thrown mud in that water. You've, the purity of her soul, the relationship she has with her mom and her dad, each time one of y'all do, does something like that, you're throwing mud in that
1: water. And eventually it's going to get pretty cloudy. You know, and and to the custodial deal you know we talk about custodial people come and say I want to be the custodial parent in the state of Texas really what we have is a primary and a and a, and a possessory conservator is what we have and, and people call that custodial and non-custodial it's kind of those two words wor- just how they mix with in the in the code and the primary parent the standard primary parent deal is that they get to determine the geographic restriction of the residence within, or they get to determine the residence within a geographic restriction, and they have the right to um, to receive child support. Mm. Now, the court can, and in a lot of times, what you have with parents that can't get along is you will have exclusive rights designated to that primary parent. The exclusive right after consultation with the other spouse to make decisions Concerning the education. Medical education. Education, Medi- all those things. Now, religion's one where it is never, uh, never never an exclusive that we do. Um, typically, the courts, I mean, each parent has the right to introduce their child to whatever religion. That's like a, I mean, that's your First Amendment right, right? So they don't, I mean, that's not so much in there. But, yeah, the exclusive as to education. Um, psych- psychiatric, all that stuff, right? The standard way that we do it with parents that just come in here and they do an agreed is each has the independent right, right? Each has the independent right to make decisions for their child, okay? And, and what what you're hoping is that you you talk, you come to an agreement, you work it out, right? It, because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. If you have a fundamental disagreement, it doesn't matter if she's got exclusive and you don't. You're still going to end up in court, yeah. right? The only difference is if it says exclusive, you really have no say. I mean, so except you for to give your money. input, right? So, so I mean, it's to go fight over that to me is not necessarily. That's not a battle worth spending all the money on, right? Because those are things that I tell client: look, if you don't like what she's doing, take her back to court. Well, I don't want to have to do that. Well, what are you going to do if you get in a situation and neither one of you can make an agreement? Where are you going to be? you going to be fighting with the school over what you're going to do? The school do not want to You're going fight. to be fighting with the doctor over what you're going to do? Until you get out of the office. I mean, you're going to be back in court anyways uh, on some of those things. So those fights, while they can be used as negotiation tactics and they can be used as saying, well, fine, we'll go to court over this, just so that the other parent goes, whatever, because their, cl- their attorney should be telling them the same thing you know, while we can use that, those aren't the things to be worried about, right? Things to be worried about is making sure that you get your standard possession and or that the custom possession order that you've worked out is beneficial for you and the child and beneficial for you from the standpoint that it's, you know, it allows you to be consistent and be present, right? Because if if, if you're, I mean, if you got on 1st, 3rd, and 5th and every Thursday, but you're only with them one weekend— Because you're working, well, I mean, that doesn't make you a bad parent because you're working, but it doesn't allow you to be a constant presence in their life. Whereas if, okay, on paper, I'm going to show to be 47% to mom's 53, but I'm there 100% of that 47 instead of 33% of that 49, how much more time is your kid getting with you? You savvy, and and how much better of time? Well, and 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 let's and and a lot of times when you get into that, what you do is I can't stand the standard summer possession schedule because unless you're a teacher, you have the ability to take thirty days off. It doesn't make sense, you know. And a lot of these, a lot of these standards are done from a standpoint of how do we split up the time, right? From the legislature standpoint, what's the easiest way to split up the time? Well, it's inside of the spring break and inside of the summer. That's how we can even these out. Well, you know, one of the things that I like to do is is do week on, week off summers. Mm-hmm. Or do two weeks here, two weeks there, two weeks here, two weeks there. That's what we do. Or block it off. Why? Because that's easier for you, that's easier for your spouse. And y'all can plan vacations. You can plan vacations. You can do certain things. Your kid can go, I mean, you don't have to do it at certain periods of time. And so. You know my goal is always to get an agreement within those combines now, that being said, if we can't get an agreement, okay, we go with the standard possession order and hopefully down the road it works yeah the goal is that you never have to look at the standard possession order right so so the custodial deal is it's really i don't ever want to say you know hey let's look at a way to find out how to make you custodial parent because that shouldn't matter. Sure. At the end of the day, what should matter is, are you both present and constantly present in that child's life? There are certain circumstances where that does matter. A spouse is moving out of state for some reason. A spouse, you know, there are those fights that need to be had. And and, and sometimes you just got to go to the court, spend the money. And if you don't get what you want, you don't get what you want. But you tried. But you tried. That was something that, like, with with ours, I made sure that she couldn't.
0: That was one of my my asks. You know, I got the standard extended, and I, that
1: she couldn't leave Tarrant County mm-hmm. and can go all the way to the edge. But you can't leave. Well, well, and most people. What most people? I mean, if you don't have an attorney or you don't know any better, you don't realize that the code requires that. The code requires a geographic restriction, even if you agree so so, or it requires that it state without regard to geographic restriction. But if it's asked for, I've never had a time where a court has denied that. If you can show that you're a father, that you're constant, that you're present, the state has a continuing – has a policy that – the best interest of that child is a continuing contact with both parents. So, m- the further that that spouse moves away, the harder it is to have that close. So, most courts will do that. Now, can she go back and try and request it? And can the court break it? Yes, they can. Yes, they can. And I'll never tell you that that's definitive. Right in your case, could she go back to the court and say, "Hey, I, you know, my husband got a job, X, Y, Z, making three hundred thousand dollars a year, and..." you know, we need to move, you know, in six months. Could she go back and ask that that be removed? Yes, she can. But that's a life-changing event. That's a event. That's Correct. So, so what the courts look at there, uh, there's, there's a, a list of factors and, and, um, that they look at to determine best interest, and some are determined inside the family code, and some are referenced in a, in a case, um, and it's the Holly case, and they're the best interest factors f- for the child. And some of them look at, you know, what are the families there? What support system do they have? You know, what's best for the parents? What's, you know, all those factors. And at the end of the day, the court very well may decide against you. However, if you don't go fight, you lose. Yeah. Right? If you don't go present your plan for the child, you don't go present how you can take care of the child, how you can get that child to the airport to go see mom, what are you going to do, blah, 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 blah. It right. What's our plan? You know, we've got all the child's family here, all the support system here. They've been in the school here. I can handle it. I'm a business owner. I, I've got flexible hours. I can do this. I can do this. I'll change this. blah 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 blah. You don't go make that argument to the court in an effective way. You lose, right? And she's moving on. So so there are certain times where you got to go fight. And... Those fights can be very expensive. And a lot of times people are, you know, we talked about how very few people have $3,000 to come in here and do an agreed $3,000, 3500 come in here and do agreed divorce. Even fewer people have that ten, fifteen, twenty thousand, twenty-five thousand 20,000, $25,000 to go fight. And let me tell you something, in a fight, 25 is conservative. I mean, if we're in a true fight, 25 is a conservative number. Why is that? Well, because you got discovery, you got depositions, you've got hearings, you know, you've got certain work that has to be done. It's not just, hey, can't we just go tell them that the kid needs to stay here? General fuckery costs money. (laughs) General fuckery costs money. And, and, And so, you know, people say, well, why is it? We're not going anywhere. I'm not seeing any results. Well, in my profession, it's not like watching you build a building, right? It'd be like somebody paying you to do a building and then not showing up until it's done. There is no result until the end. Right. I mean, you have temporary orders hearing potentially, but the reality of it is there's no finality. There's no, you know, the results are the end, Right. So you don't get to see what that twenty five thousand does until the end. That's the hardest part of for clients is that I can't give you what you want from there. I can't tell you when it stops. I can give you options to make it stop. That's interesting, like the,
0: the the difference in perspectives like from from the client, you know he's taking all my money and lawyers are scum
1: and blah blah blah, all the things. Mm-hmm. And then here you are just working your ass off trying to make it happen. I, you know I can't dictate. I, I tell a lot of clients if I'm the only person working, then I can do this for ten, twelve thousand dollars. but the problem is I can't dictate what that other side's going to do. Sure, I can't you know if I send them discovery and they don't respond properly, either you say okay don't respond properly, or I've got to go file motions. I've got to go spend time to do these things. That costs money. But the end goal is to spend that money to give you the best chance to win. Not ensure that you're winning, but give you the best chance. And when I say win, I'm not talking about you get ultimately everything you want. I'm talking about getting an outcome that is beneficial. And it's important to not you win, she
0: wins. It's nobody wins. It's the kid that needs to win. Or the or the kid that at least needs to come out as as unscathed as possible. Because they're gonna get dinged up. In all divorces, in all separations, the kids are gonna get, my daughter hates going from house to house. Absolutely. Hates it. And and it breaks my heart. And I don't say when you're at my house. It's when you're at our house. It's like kid, you're doing pretty good. You're twelve and you got two houses. Right you know I didn't get my first one until I was like in my 30s right so it's it's such a a nasty subject and for us to like you're talking about going to fight you know you take
1: you miss 100% of the shots you don't take And, and and something that I always try and tell everybody is is stop again this goes back to what I said earlier about you know I'm doing this she's not doing that this goes back to that try and look at an issue or circumstance from your ex-spouse. I know it's hard, but you've got a 10-year-old child that she's been the primary, you know, what 10 years. And now she's got to move. She's got a she's got a new husband, they've got a new job. She's got a decision to make that affects her husband as well. Who she loves, who she loves and who that child loves. Oh, by the way, most of the time that child Loves that that step parent as well. My my daughter's stepdad. He's great. Step family. They're great. So so, you know, think about from the standpoint of she is about to leave, to go two thousand miles away, and you're asking her, or you're telling her, well, you need to just leave that kid here. Do you think that's going to go over real well?
0: When she just spent the last six months like like just stressing over if this was the best decision for their child. And how to come to you. And when she came to you, you say, oh, you're full of shit. You're not doing that. Mm-hmm. Well, how is that being
1: respectful of the co-parent? And, and you can go fight and you can go disagree with what needs to happen with that child without being hateful and rude. You can still co-parent while you're having the fight, guys, because the ultimate deal is not, hey, she's trying to take my kid away from me. And that's what most men think. Hey, she's trying to take my kid away from me. No, she's trying to do something that's better for her and her family, which which in turn may very well benefit your child. But so you can disagree as to what the outcome should be, and you can go have the court determine that, given the factors that are in play. But ultimately, you know, try and take yourself out of it and go, well, you know, and that's kind of what we're talking about. How would I feel if the kid was just no longer available to me? Mm. Mm. You know that they're on it from the same side, from from the opposite side, right? I mean, I'm now not going to be able to see my kid all the time. Well, you already know what it feels like because you've been operating in that fear, right? Through the, so, yeah. so so I mean, you've got to understand that, it's not always the ex-spouse is trying to be in a pain in the ass; they're scared too. And they're
0: waking up every day trying to make the best decision possible for themselves and their child, just
1: like you do. And rarely rarely does a, a mom, dad, and rarely does a, do they intentionally try and not make a decision that's good for their kid. They're not sitting there going, hey, how can I screw him? They're sitting there thinking, well, this is what I think is best for my kid. And they may be misguided. They may be immature. They may be a lot of different things. But take it from the standpoint of they think they're trying to do what's best for the kid. and Benefit of the doubt. Benefit of the doubt. And it's not always. And that's where attorneys come in, the courts come in to make those determinations. And oftentimes, you know, um, I think there was one of the questions on there was, um, you know, what's, what's a standard cost? Yeah, but we kind of went through all that. Okay, yeah. I mean, there's no standard cost on that. I mean... It is what it is. Unless you want to give up, at any point in time, you can give up. any point in time, you can agree to whatever they want you to. And you can stop the flow of money. And too often, and and it's not fair, it's not right, whatever you want to say, too often, that's what ends up being the determining factor. You know, unless you want to go get $30,000 in debt, which... I'll tell you this, a lot of dads will do. I would. They'll go get thirty, thirty-five thousand dollars 35000 in debt because, it, you know, it's like I, you, you and I talked about this earlier. I have a client that I said, you can do this once and fight and let her know you're going to fight and that you will always fight and you will never give in. And when you do that, it has that McDonald effect that we talked about where they go, okay, I, I can't just keep bringing these. Well, it's kind of like punching a bully in the nose. I, I can't keep bringing these modifications. I can't keep doing this. I can't. Because you've told them, I'm tired of it. I'm going to fight, and I'm going to fight all the way. And that doesn't mean you don't have to reach an agreement later on, but it does mean that you show them you're not going to reach an agreement that's just them sending something over and you sign it. You're both going to give and take. Mm -hmm. And there is no such thing as an agreement where both people don't give and take. That's the point of a compromise. That's the point of a compromise. And sometimes people have to make compromises that they don't want to make. And that's called being an adult. Well, and also, you know, if
0: we are, as men, focusing on um, making the best possible decisions we can for our kids, then how about this scenario? Just just for some food for thought. You know, if if, say she meets a stepdad or she meets a new man and gets married, which, by the way, if she gets remarried, It's in your best interest to be as cool as you can to that guy. There's no, your time of chest bumping and like trying to be alpha is over. That's not going to do anything um, except for make your life worse. If, if you have an ally and you can just be cool with another guy who is involved 100% in your child's life, it's, it's for the kid's own good to have a good relationship with them. Doesn't mean he has to be your best friend, but you know, be civil. And try to be genuine. But say he's, he's got an amazing job that he's going to go make $300,000 a year, right? But it's in Colorado. You live here. You don't want your kid to go to Colorado. But you make $60,000 a year. And your friends are just, they're all married and they got kids. But, you know, it would provide such a good life for your child. What's to stop you from saying, absolutely? I'll go, yeah, I think you should go. That's awesome. But I'm going to be going too. Because I told my ex, I was like, look, I I don't care where you go, even though you can't leave Tarrant County. (laughs) I'm going to chase after y'all. You know, I'll just always keep moving closer to you. And that's that whole deal of your daughter, because this is all temporary. This is your child's childhood. Like they need to know that dad's always going to be there. My dad, it didn't matter. Like, man, he always worked weekends. He was so great. It it was, dude, he chased me everywhere. He was always there. He'd show up to every game covered in grease, you know, and then would leave and go back to work. He'd be eating his lunch while he was, you know, watching the games because he took second shift so he could take his lunch break and be there for baseball season and then go back to work. He followed us to fucking Colorado so that my – Stepdad could take a job and he could be closer to us. If you take your ego and your emotions out of it and look at it under the under the the stand the perspective of what's best for them, then you might see that it's actually a pretty good gig. And yeah. if you compromise that much, it may help that relationship with your ex to where it doesn't have to be so volatile that
1: Uh, an attorney has to get involved. And and there's, you know, that's a great, I mean, if you have the ability to do that, that would be phenomenal, not only for you, but for your ex spouse and for the kid. There are circumstances where there's other factors at play, such as you're married to somebody that's got a child, that's got, you know, got a father on the other side, whatever the case may be. And so there are those cases, but you're 100% right. If there's a way that you can take yourself out of the situation and what the effects are on you so much, and say, you know, how, what's the net benefit? What's the net benefit? And what's the net benefit to my child of doing this? Or, or what's the net benefit of agreeing to this? Um, then, I mean, you're doing a favor. You know, what's the net benefit of saying, hey, you're making $300,000 a year, plus you're doing this. you hiring. <laughs> I want, right? I want the kid. On a flight every Friday, uh, every first, third, and Friday night. I'll agree. I want the kid on a flight that you pay for, round trip, with my miles. I want the miles, uh, right? Whatever. I mean, whatever you come to. What's uh, because I'll tell you this: if I have a if I have a deal as as stepdad, where I'm making 300, 400 grand. Okay, what's what's twenty thousand dollars a year to pay for flights when it's going to cost me twenty? $30,000 to go fight to get to move, then I'm still going to have the expense yeah. of getting this child back and forth. Or what's, what's? What, I mean, that's what I try and help people people look at is, hey, look, you can spend the money this way or you can ask for it this way. Look at it this way. So, I mean, you pay for the flights. You no longer pay child support. I was just about to say that. I, think I mean, there's a there's hundred different ways that you can do it where you don't have to get the court involved. Now... It ultimately saves you time and money not only does it save you time and money it saves you stress it saves you you know headache it saves your kid that stuff so there's certain ways of course you're going to lose time if you agree to that it's time that you can make up in other areas I mean what's to say that you can't go up to Colorado during you know a break time that you have Hey, I'm going to come up this week. I know I don't have spring break this year or in, you know, when it's 100 more miles, the code says that you get every week every spring break. So let's just assume that you're going to keep that every spring break I get. So instead of flying you down here, I'm going to come up there and I'm going to take you and your kids, you and your friends and we're going to go skiing. What I mean, that's the type of stuff that it's hard to it's hard to see that picture when your emotions evolve and you're going but my kid's going to be 2,000 miles away. What if I just want to go see them? Is that,
0: the, is that the line? So how far is it? Look at a map, draw a line, and tell yourself, okay, that's as far as I'm going to go for my child. Right. And that's it. That's, that's as convenient, as inconvenient as I'm allowing, I'm allowing it to be. Like, you think things are expensive, or that's going to cost too much, or I don't have money. Look at your kid. Maybe you ask your child, hey, how much do you think you're worth? Let's put a monetary value on it. And if they say, I don't know, $5 or whatever, you know, and and this all will come up with their therapist later. Don't worry. It's going to fuck them up pretty good. But look at them and say, kid, I think you're worth 50 grand because that's all I can come up with. And I'm not willing to get rid of the boat and sell my guns because you know how much I love to hunt. And I can't do this and I can't do that. So at 50 grand, we're going to stop. Just tell yourself that. Because for me, my opinion, and I'm not – this is just my opinion. There's nothing on this earth – that is more valuable than my relationship with my daughter nothing like which hand do you want to cut off right Fucking take it you know i mean it's just yeah
1: know. no it's it's so so i mean it doesn't always have to come down to that and and that's one of the things it's so dramatic it's so dramatic that's one of the things that that like i say i always try and get an agreement why because I can oftentimes agree to things, and and your spouse can agree to things that the court can't order. Yeah. We can agree to a lot of stuff that the court can't order. For instance, I mean, a lot of people say, "Well, I want him to pay my my college my kids' college expenses." Well, guess what? The court can't order that because that's payment of child support after the child turns eighteen and graduates from high school. So if you're out there and, and somebody's telling you that the court can order that, they they're lying to you. They cannot order that. However, in the grand terms of of getting things done on, on any number of sides, be it child support, be it, you know, a property division, be it whatever it's gonna be, okay, I'll agree to that. Now, if you agree to it, understand that, that as a contract, your ex spouse can enforce that. She can sue you for breach of contract. So you gotta understand the ramifications of doing it. But the reality of it is if I can afford it, you should do it. and she can't, I'm gonna do it anyways. Why? Because that's what's best for my kid, not because she's not doing it. That goes back to that stop thinking about what she's doing versus what I'm doing. What can I do for my kid? Period. It shouldn't have to be written in an agreement. And 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 I understand from a female from from a female, that's I guess that's kind of wrong, from a wife's perspective or, or somebody that's not the, the main breadwinner or the money earner that wants to make sure their child is going to college, right? I can see it from their perspective of that feeling of, of security, right? Because we talked about earlier the emotion involved between men and women. One of the big things with women, and especially those that, that you know, maybe they're stay-at-home moms or maybe they don't make a lot of money, it's a security issue, yeah. right? They need, they need the money because they, want to, they need to be secure, they don't make $200,000 like you. They can't fill their coffers like you can. Because you signed up to be the stay-at-home mom. Because that was the agreement. Th- that was the agreement. So so what is that What is that value? Right? What is that value? That's got to have a value. That's the, I mean, that's one of the greatest, lowest-paying jobs in the world. Stay-at-home mom is expensive. You got a cleaner. You got, I mean, any of you say, well, we have a cleaner, too. Oh, really? Does that cleaner come by every single day and and pick up the socks and pick up your crap? Make sure that your stuff gets to the to the dry cleaner. You know, do, do, look at all the little things, and it, we're all guilty of not looking at it because we have our own stressors. But the reality of it is, is that has its value. So, well, we, you know, that is a security issue. So, in an agreement, something like that with the with the college expenses, that makes them feel secure that they know that their child is going to have that. Okay. If I'm going to be doing it anyways, if I'm able, cool. If I'm not able, come sue me because you ain't getting it out of me anyways because I got nothing. And if I do have it and you sue me, then I'm an asshole. <laughs> well, that too. Then I deserve what I get, right? So and you could put provisions in there that prevent it from being private school or that say, you know, in state or you could do all kinds of stuff. But the reality of it is, is it doesn't need to be in there. But if it is and that's a workable deal and you're going to pay it anyways and that gets a deal done. What are we having the discussion over, guys? Yeah. What are you actually giving? You're giving nothing because you're going to do it anyways. You're just mad because she's telling you to. You just don't want to give. But guess what? Whenever I go back and I give and I say, well, hey, you know what? We're going to give this and this, but this is what we want. It makes it a lot easier for that attorney to go, look, they've given all this and this is all they're asking for. Yeah. And if we go to court, they're probably going to get it anyways. Right, so so it's sometimes those little quote air quotes here losses are actually net gains because they get you negotiation isn't about getting more; it's about getting what you want. Right? If both people leave what they want and they both got screwed, who won? And if both parents are pissed, the kid loses. Right. So so it's I mean. You know, it's like my my dad worked for Lockheed, and he he did um, travel around the world selling s 16s And he would always say, I want every dime they got in a nickel more, right? And as long as they're getting what they want, usually they're willing to give me that nickel. So I got to figure out a way to give them what they want and not have that. I mean, right, So so his point was most people, if they feel like they're getting what they came in to get, they'll give a little bit more than what they were willing to, what they thought they were willing to give. But if you start tugging on that rope? You start saying, no, I'm not going to give there just because you're asking for too much, right? You've asked for 10 things. I've only asked for two. Well, what if those 10 things are so minute that they have zero net effect on you? There's zero net effect on you. Matter of fact, they may be beneficial for you.
0: If you can step back and look at it like if that. If you
1: can step back and look at it like that. So, I mean, you know, it's like some people, they want – the other spouse says, well, hey, can I have half of Christmas Eve on the years that aren't mine? Somebody says, no, that's my time. Well, it's the kid's hold, time. Hold on a second. Why don't we just make that mutual? That way you are guaranteed to get them every Christmas, you know, every Christmas Eve, and you're allowed – and that way you can schedule your family's Christmas dinner or your family's opening presents – on that day you don't have to do it two weeks later you don't have to do it the week before because if that's an important day to you then let's agree to it and just make it flip because that's going to work every single time
0: that's how we do it and it's not in the language it's not in the language it's an agreement so sometimes there's that kind of like you know maybe maybe it's going to happen maybe it's not and then you get fired up in emotions and I'm not going to get what I want and I'm not going to get my way and she's going to win and then once you step away from that and be like you know what it's all going to work out. I'm just going to keep making the right decisions, do what's best,
1: and it'll play out. And, and the kid's going to see it. The kid's going to go, well, why am I not going to Dad's today? I always go to Dad's on, on, when it's your Christmas. Well, your dad was an asshole last week. Right. Well, we have this to do. Well, but Dad's family's doing Christmas today. I want to be there. But you don't think that kid's going to notice? Kids notice everything. Kids notice everything. So I mean, it's it's you don't have to tell your kids that that the other parent isn't working, and they'll see if you're not working. So it's I mean, it's one of those deals. I mean, we can agree to all kinds of stuff. The hope is you never have to. In cases like that where you where you need everything, and there are certain cases that initially you need everything written down, we can write that in. We can write in that provision. You know now. I don't suggest that every single time she says, well, hey, there's a planned event, you know, I'm not going to be able to drop her off. Is that okay? And you say no. And she says, well, I'm not dropping her off for her half day on Christmas Eve anyways. You want to come in here and spend the money to go do an an enforcement? That's fine. We'll go do it. I'm going to tell you, dude, why don't you go back and say, well, hey, can I have her, you know, Christmas night? Let me have her Christmas night. Or can she just stay with me that night that I pick her up? Can I have her the day after Christmas? I understand she's got this thing with her friends, and she wants you to take her. Okay. Can I have her the day after Christmas? What is, yeah, your family may not get to see her that year. You know what? They'll be fine. Life goes on. There's going to be a lot of things that people miss out on.
0: Some families will even delay all the Christmas and that you know for everything.
1: We waited for you kid. Right. How great does that make a child feel? You know, now now you would hope that that your your spouse would would try and give you enough head time that you would know, but there're certain times that things come up and it just happens. You got to roll with it. You can't you can't let your reactions your initial reaction and in your emotion dictate how you ultimately respond i mean if you need to go you need to get you a punching bag out in the out in the out in the garage and you need to go out there for five minutes before you respond to anything your ex-spouse says ever because every time she sends you something you you just get infuriated and it doesn't matter if she says good morning you need to get that punching bag out there go do it because your negative response is always going to breed another negative response and that's going to breed another negative response and it's never going to stop pause when agitated you know, it's that old deal of if you feel like writing an email, write it and then read it the next day. You feel like making a social media post, write it and then read it the next day. Because 9.9 out of 10 times you're going to go, mm, either I shouldn't send that or I need to change the, the language. I'm going to delete it in 30 minutes anyways. It's I'm going like to delete good, it. took a screenshot and sent it to my ex-wife. <laughs> well, I mean, there's, there's certain things that, yeah, I mean, th- there's... And that's what I always tell people is if you're mad, don't say it, write it. But write it down and then read it the next day. If you still feel like you need to do it, don't do it. If you still feel like you need to send it, don't send it. But if you do, at least you've had the time to step away from it and read it again. And look at the consequences. And then if you feel like it's a good idea you know i can't stop you i can only give you advice as far as as far as making sure um that you understand that's going to be expensive buddy yeah i mean i had a case where where it turns out that um mom had programmed in one of her old phones satan and satan's mistress for her ex and her ex-spouse well <laughs> what does she do she gives that phone to the kid oh man yeah yeah, how do you? How much fun do you think I had whenever I got to get her on the stand? Yeah, I had a ball, right? What's the excuse for? I forgot to change it. Well, why do you have that on there, anyway? Because I was mad. He hurt me. Why do you? Well, because I never thought she'd see it. So your phone's never sitting on the counter. What kept your child from seeing Satan or Satan's mistress every single time her father called? And how would she ever call him? I want to talk to my dad. We'll call him. Right. So. So be very wary. Everything you're doing is under a microscope because those types of things, those are what we grab onto. When when my client called, sent an email where he called his ex-wife, you know, the C word, oh. you don't think they destroyed him? Now, it's my job to go in there if I get the opportunity first and go, look, neither one of you effectively communicate, right? No, you said things to her, but such as calling her XYZ. That's all part of playing the game, but it doesn't make you necessarily look any better. No. And when it comes up, you damn well better take accountability. Because if you go, well, she's calling me. What are you, 12? Yeah. Well, wait a second. She doesn't dictate how you act. And, and so those. that's why like, it all goes back to what we talked about earlier. Everything involved in this goes back to, you know, just from, a, not from an attorney standpoint, but just from a life standpoint, from a man, from a from a father, everything goes back to, how do you choose to react? What actions are you taking? What are you putting out there? And I'm not perfect. I've I've reacted and said things that I wish I hadn't said, written things I wish I hadn't written. Jeez, uh, guys, I'm not saying that it doesn't happen. What I'm saying is if you can try and take the mindset of, hey, I know this is going to happen. How can I be better? Then maybe you make yourself better as a man. And, and in the context of this, You're cognizant of the fact of, wait a second, everything that I do or react could be put in a microscope in front of a court or in front of six other people and screw me more or twelve other people. And how are they going to how are they going to see it without the context? Because they don't get the full context. They get it after the argument. They don't get to see the whole blow up. They only get to see your response. And that jury
0: or that judge or some of them might have an ex husband that just berated them, harassed them. Caused them all kinds of hell, and he never got, and and how, he never got just, you know justice. And, and how
1: great does it feel for me to have a client that's done that? That's done what I've asked them to. That hasn't sent those hateful emails. That said, well, hey, you know, I'm sorry you feel that way, but I just want to do what's best for so and so. And I've got this string of emails and I got this string of texts where they're being berated, right? But the dad, despite the fact that he wants to just fly off the handle. And maybe it's taken a year and a half. Cause it's not always fast. It's not always cheap. Maybe it's taken us a year and a half. But we finally got enough. That now we can go in there and we can go, This is how you treat him? This is his response. Has he done it? he's done nothing to deserve this? Now deserve has nothing to do with it, but when I'm arguing on a persuasive matter, it does. Right? He's done nothing. He's not responded to you in a way to deserve to be spoken to that way. Right, so whenever you're, whenever I'm in court, when I'm arguing a point, that gives me all the power in the world. Now, vice versa, you're angry, you're hurt, so you say stuff, and she says, "You know what? Just don't talk to me unless it's about the kids, because you're always mean." And so you keep on and you keep on. Mm. That makes you look bad. There's a bunch of dudes shaking their heads yes right now. Mm-hmm. God. Oh yeah, absolutely, because it's a natural reaction. We've all done it. We feel we feel we're in a defensive position. We feel attacked. So my natural reaction is I'm going to hit you right in the face. Right. You're attacking me. I'm going to hit you in the face instead of going, wait a second. This isn't the 80s. If I hit them in the face, they go down. I'm going to jail. Right. They're talking to me bad. Right. From a man to man, not like man to woman. But like, you know, if we're in an altercation and we got words and I hit you in the face, I'm probably going to jail. Doesn't matter. You called me a sorry S O B, P O S, whatever, because words, you know, words don't don't allow you to take defensive action to punch somebody. It's the same deal. Do they now? No. Okay. So words don't allow you, you know, back in the eighties you can get in a fight and everybody just went on their way. Now you're going to jail. I was in it's the, in the eighties. I don't think you could hit a woman in the face just because Yeah, no, it's not it's not I wasn't talking about woman. I was talking about, you know, we're at a bar and we have some words and we get in a fight, you get yeah. kicked out and you're going home. Now you're going to jail. Right? It's the same type of deal where you have that initial reaction to fight. But the consequences are now you're gonna lose maybe you lose some time with your kids. And that's a maturity thing. Right. Maybe maybe my natural reaction is to fight you because you're attacking me, ex-spouse. So F you, you know, you're just a C-word, you're sorry, POS, and blah, 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 blah. Well, I mean, what did she do to deserve that? She might have done something to deserve that. But the court's going to see it outside of that perspective. Is there a record of it? You... And they don't care. The way you just spoke to somebody— was offensive and, and was rude. Right? That's gonna put you in bad light. Okay? And these people don't have the they don't have the opportunity to know who you are. They don't see you every day. They get a very limited scope of what I choose to present to them. So you want me to present the best side of you. That's the way you need to act all the time. Yeah. Because if because if you present the worst side of you, that's what they're gonna present that's what the opposing side is going to present of you and if you're in and if you're in a fight for some reason maybe there's been a history or pattern of abuse okay and we can talk about that too maybe there's been a, a history or pattern of abuse what have you done because what it's looking like in that you, there's there's a history of you physically assaulting your ex-spouse let's say now you've taken these courses you've done you know you've uh, voluntarily done what i've asked you to do you've taken courses you're in therapy you're doing this you're doing what i asked you to do to show hey i'm trying to break the cycle but But, you but you decide when she upsets you two or three times you're gonna write this hateful text message or hateful email what does that show somebody now you're just using words instead of fists if i had the opportunity i'd probably hit you right now right what are you going to do to your kid? That's the way the court sees it, right? Yeah. I mean, you love your wife and you beat her and you talk to her that way. You love your kid. You love your kid, right? So, I mean, the the it's there. And so, I mean, if I have a client that comes in and, and those are a little bit different situations, ultimately, initially, we're not probably talking about standard visitation, right? Because we got to show that, that we're a better person than what we than what we have been. And to do that, you need to be one. You got to be one, right? That doesn't mean you go. You know what? I'm getting screwed. I-, I give up. I'll pay my money, and I just won't come around. Well, those guys, you can't even. I mean, that's not even the type of guy that you want to have a, a, a tight relationship with their kid because they're unwilling, incapable. Well, well, let's. Well, I'm not going to put that label because. It, it's like we talked about earlier. Some of that stuff is learned behavior, you know, nurture versus, versus nature. Okay. I don't think we come out of the womb sure. deciding we're going to hit our wife. No, 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 no. Right. And so a lot of that stuff is learned behavior when you're younger. And and I would like to see, and you know, from a perspective of as being a man, and I understand what you're saying, but I don't want to put off the false impression of saying, hey, these people are incapable of being reformed because they're not. It's a choice. It's like addiction. It's like anything
0: else. That's what I'm saying is they have to – if they're not willing to make that choice to look at their part,
1: well, then it's like, man, you can't force them. Well, and if they're not going to, then the court's not going to do anything for them anyways. And that's kind of where I come in and and say, hey, you know, this is a problem. Whether you believe it's a problem or not, this is a problem. And until you seek help or you show the court – that you're trying to break that cycle. They don't want you passing that cycle on. It doesn't matter how much that child need needs you. That child needs to be... Safe. Safe. Emotionally. Not that you're necessarily going to hit, because there's a lot of people that will hit their spouse and won't hit their kid. But they see it. But they see it. So psychologically, emotionally, mentally... That abuse is what love looks. Is like. It's just as bad as physical because that's what they think love looks like. So when they get in an argument later on, even though they hadn't seen Dad in a couple years, because Dad decided not to be around because it was too hard. It's too embarrassed. It was too embarrassed. He only got supervised visitation in the beginning. He didn't want to fight for that. He didn't want to do what he had to do because he put himself in that situation. Every action has a consequence, right? Mm-hmm. Instead of holding himself accountable and saying, you know what. Well, I don't think what I did was that bad. I'm willing to sit here with this I'm willing order. to do this. Right? So so accountability, and from my part, you know, people say, well, why are you fighting for these people when they're not being accountable? That's my job. Okay? But what most people don't see is on the backside, I'm trying to counsel these folks and saying, you've got to do this. Because if you don't, you make it harder for me to get you what you need, your kid. Right? And so so in circumstances like that oftentimes it's not going to be hey you're going to have standard possession it's going to be hey this is going to be hard let's figure out let's figure out a way to get them to agree to certain possession and certain milestones and what you're going to do and all these things it, that's especially true if the person has put hands on their kid more so than it more so than even the parent um you know the emotional aspect of it, whenever whenever it's spouse to spouse, is big on the kid. But that kid doesn't trust you. If you put hands on that kid, especially in a multiple situation, the kid's not going to trust you. And so what kind of relationship can you have as a father if that kid doesn't have any respect for you? Right? and so And so from a supervised visitation or from a visitation standpoint, what I'm telling clients in that situation when I have a client like that is you've got to learn. You've got to learn how it affected that child, and now you've got to learn to make it right because you did this, right? And so while when I go to court, I'm trying to have the advocate deal, when I'm here, I'm trying to give clients the tools, the resources to allow me to go to court and better fight for them. If they don't want to do it, I'm not going to be successful anyways, You know, a a good attorney, you know, good facts make good attorneys. That's that's the reality of it is, is is if I got better facts than the next person, most of the time I'm going to win. Right. So I'm trying to give tools on on how to on how to make that work. Um, So when you come in here and you say, Zach, I just you know, I don't get to see my kid enough. You know, we have standard possession, but I'm not getting I want to enforce it. Right? I want to do an enforcement because she's not letting me see my kid. Well, what do you mean? Well, I went to pick them up the other day and on Friday, and she wouldn't let me see them because they were doing something, blah, blah, blah Whatever story you want to say. Well, do you see them? I mean, do you go by the schedule? Well, not all the time. So when it's convenient? So you're, so you're not being consistent, you're not being consistently present, but you want me to go tell a judge that you should punish her for not being consistent. Like, what kind of sense does that make? You know what I mean? If you can't be consistent, why is the judge going to hold her to being consistent? You Do you call and tell her you're not coming? No. Sometimes. Well, that's hurting the child. And the mom. And the mom. How many Because times maybe the mom had plans exactly. to do something without the kid. And how pissed and, off would you be? Uh, so So people come in here and they say, well, you know... I'm not getting this. Why well, are you paying your child support? And understand this. Child support is not exclusive. It is not tied to visitation at all, okay? So a mom can't say you hadn't paid me child support, right? So you can't see your kid. can not can't like a 24-hour it.
0: fitness membership. Well, right.
1: But what I'm telling you is the court's going to see it. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait. You're not consistently paying your child support. Well, because whenever you bring that enforcement to see your kid, okay, I'm going to bring this enforcement to make you pay me my money, Mm -hmm. right, a tit for tat. And why wouldn't you? Because now, now I've got a real possibility of being hurt because you filed an enforcement. I've got to do something defensive. And when we go to court and me as mom, yeah, I didn't let you see that because child made plans because she didn't know if she was going to see you or not. Because the past two weekends you were supposed to have her, you didn't call her, show up. Yeah. So she didn't know she was sitting there looking. So at the I didn't make her. Right, I didn't make her change her plans with her friends because you decided to show up. So when I go to court, and I explain that to the judge, who's going to look worse, you for not paying your child support, or me for not making my child change her plans because you decided to finally show up? You think that judge is going to do anything to her? Absolutely not. You, you think should. that judge is going to hammer you? Absolutely. Because in the end, he's going to look at you as a man and be like, what are you doing, dude? You're not supporting your kid. You're not showing up when you're supposed to be there, but you're expecting everybody to wait for you. Like life rolls on with, with or without you. You want to be there. We'll inf- the courts will, you want to be there. You want to be present. The courts will enforce it. You don't. The courts will enforce that too. Because despite popular opinion, and maybe, you're, maybe
0: you have, and we'll wrap it up um, here after this, but... Um, there is the common belief that the courts are uh inherently against fathers, like you're going to get screwed, and most guys won't even won't even approach it because they're just going to get crucified because of a lot of unknowns um, Do you find that the courts want to see dads involved because that's been my experience is they they if you show up with the right attitude and you're like, "I just want to see my kid man yeah we Sure. I mean, that seems reasonable. She's got a life too. Do you think that, that it's going to be more, um, that they're going to look more fondly upon you? Or if you go in there just like, screw her and screw this and blah, 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 and I'm going to get fucked anyways, that they're going to be like, okay, well, you're an angry guy.
1: Yeah, no, the, the courts want to see that you're consistently present. Why? Because a consistently present parent is the best for their, for that child. So the courts look for consistency and being present. Now, the courts also look for flexibility, right? Because what's best for that child? If the child has something going on, of course, I don't see where, where courts are like, I'm going to do whatever the wife wants, whatever the ex-spouse wants. No, that is, that is a fallacy. What typically happens is men go in there without attorneys, have no idea what they're doing, and another attorney gets what they want. That's typically what happens because it's an expensive process. Should it happen that way? No. But... Most judges, if if you show up and they're asking, you know, what have you been doing or you present what you've been doing or whatever and you're consistent, you're present, you're doing, you're showing your accountability, you're showing that you're being, you're providing, you know, not only do I pay my child support, but whenever she calls for, you know, my kids in band, mm-hmm. they needed a new equipment, you know, when she called for the $200 for because she didn't have the money to go do it. I didn't ask a question. I gave the $200. What'd you I didn't to... say, how much are you paying? I said, absolutely. Where am my, pay where's my because, child support going? Right. Because I've got the $200 to do it. It may not be extra and it may hurt me, but I've got the $200, so I'm going to pay it. What does that hurt you? And it's temporary. It hurts you for a moment. You're, if you
0: say no and you, you rattle her chain... You're hurting that relationship in your child,
1: and I'm not saying to make yourself destitute in order to do stuff for your kids. You're going to have to tell your kids no, and that's something that that I have a lot of times in cases where, you know, where moms want this or they want them to pay for this or they want them to pay this for this, and I tell the opposing counsel, I said, look, I understand. I want everything for my kid too. I want my kid to go on every ski trip they can go on. I want my kid to be able to travel to wherever to do this or that. But the reality of life is. Kids need to learn the word no as well. And now that there's two different families, they may not be able to go on that same church retreat they were able to go on last week because it, or last year because it costs too much money. I no longer have the $2,500 to do it because I've got additional expenditures. So, so both parents need to learn the word no. And if the mom never learned it when she
0: was a kid because she was in the same kind of environment, that cycle's just going to repeat. And
1: that's a, that's a hard deal. And sometimes, you know, kids and, and ex-spouses just have to be upset about it. But, uh, you know, and oftentimes those are fights we have, but at the end of the day, most attorneys know that they're not going to get anywhere with it. You know, if you're making half a million dollars, what are we arguing about? Yeah, write the check. Write the check. Let your kid go to camp. And if you're spending
0: $495,000 and, and, a year on yourself, you're an <laughs> asshole.
1: <laughs> right. Well, and and... And you know I, I know there's certain times where where you know you make half a million dollars, it costs ten thousand dollars, and it's okay to say no, not because you don't have the ability to do it, but because you, maybe you think the child is is they're too spoiled sp- well, not necessarily just spoiled, they got too much stuff going on they're in they're in this, they're in that, they're in this, they're in, this, they're in that, they're in this. they're having no time to do anything f- for themselves.
0: And maybe that's how you got to the place to where you're making five hundred grand a year because you were told no, and you had to learn patience and hard work and the value of a
1: dollar. Right. And and sometimes, I mean, kids can't get everything they want. And, you know, if you are a parent that gives your kid everything they want, that's fine. I'm not knocking you. What I'm saying is it's okay to be a parent that doesn't. And And, and don't feel guilty whenever you tell them no. And you're not going to get... Taken back to court, and your child support
0: increased, and your time decreased because you're parenting them. There's a difference between parenting and then just being uh, bending over backwards so that you can be the favorite, or whatever, or the Disneyland dad. Or, and I'm not knocking anybody for however you choose to do it, but there's, I think that we can operate under a lot of fear. Of the unknown with this stuff and
1: well and, and most of the time you know you talked about it earlier, you asked me the last question real question was you know do, do courts want to see that relation courts want to see that relation with the parent relationship with the parent so if you feel like you know I got to agree to this otherwise I got to go to court and I'm going to get screwed well, then go to court and get screwed because you're getting screwed anyways yeah what do you have to lose I mean you'll at least know what do you have to lose I mean here are my pay stubs. If you get screwed real bad, okay, go get an attorney and go go mess with it then. But here are my pay stubs. The court, the, the statutes dictate, and one of the things was something about spouse income. Yeah. Is it based off your income? Your or? income only. The spouse's income is not included, so you can't include. Now, here's what I will tell you: If you're self-employed and your spouse owns the company, right? Mm-hmm. We see this all the time. Hey, what if what if my spouse owns the starts a company? I'm, you know, I'm independent contractor, so we'll just make the company independent contractor and I'll get paid salary. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you're going to go from making 250 to 40 to $40,000 a year living in the same house, driving the same thing. And they're going to show that you work for this company that they know is owned by your wife. They're not stupid. The court can still make you pay the same because there's something in here called under underemployed. Okay. Intentionally unemployed or, or, or unemployed. That's why you can't just say, you know what? Fine, I'm not gonna, I'm not, I'm just not gonna work. I don't want to pay my fifteen hundred dollars a month, so I'm just not gonna work. You think the court's gonna go? Oh, he decided just to stop working. I'm not gonna make him pay. But, I mean, he's got this huge amount of money sitting. He just decided to retire, and so he's not working anymore. Hell no! They're gonna say you're perfectly able to work, and until. Until you're not able to work, you're going to pay this to provide for your kid. And this is why. Once you don't... your kid's 18, I don't care what you do. You want to quit? Fine. Now, if you get laid off, fired, whatever, and the 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 fact you've been looking for jobs for three months, and this is the best job you can get, and you're still looking for jobs, and you hadn't been able to get jobs, come see me. We can go ask the court. We can show them. Your job applications, we can show them you got let go. We can show them that you're making $25,000 less now than what you were. And then it's not because you're not looking, it's because you're unable Mm -hmm. to do the the job that you're once not out there. Oh, yeah, I could move 300 miles, but then I don't get to see my kid. You know, that's the counter argument. Well, there's jobs open down there. Well, then I don't get to see my kid. Most courts aren't going to say, well, you need to move. Yeah. Most courts, some courts may say it, and I can't tell you they won't, but most courts aren't going to do that to you.
0: But that's another one of those big events that would— Would, would, would precipitate. Yeah, would justify a modification. Mm-hmm. Material and substantial change. And it's not like, well, she'll never take that. Well, she doesn't have a choice because if the court says, hey, man, we're going to break this dude in half, he obviously can't afford it. How good, how capable is he going to be as a father if he's, you know, bankrupt? Yeah, and
1: it's—you and it's, know, we're talking in terms—I mean, there's—it's— when you're self-employed, right, it's, it's kind of a crap shoot. Mm-hmm. Oh, because they can in, say
0: all kinds of stuff is in You
1: come in here as wages. You come in here and you get paid a salary. You work for Lockheed, you get paid a salary. I pull up a pay stub, I see what you make.
0: Yeah.
1: Real easy, cut and dry, I plug it into a calculator, bam, here's what your maximum is. And oh, by the way, you're going to be paying for medical support too, right? Because you have it available to you. So you're going to be paying for that. So, those are the easy ones the hard ones are where you know you got a mechanic you got a guy you know like you that's on or that's self-employed you got a, I mean somebody that's an independent contractor they can kind of dictate how much they do or don't make they can write off certain expenses well what most people say is well i only i mean i only made forty thousand dollars last year well, understand this: the court gets to look at the fact that your company paid your truck, your company paid for your gas, your company pays for your, you know, your your health insurance. Your company pays for this. You get about one hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year in, in company benefits yeah. that That's other free. people, right? That other people call income. The court gets to determine some of those. Now, with somebody that uses their truck for work. What you're arguing for is not, hey, well, you shouldn't count that at all. The argument you're saying is, well, 60% of the use of that vehicle is work. So I want a 60% deduction in what the value of that income is, right? Hey, this is for work. This is for work. These expenses are all work-related expenses. Because your wife has a car payment. I mean, they have expenses. Well, Well, and understand, your new wife, their expenses don't matter. So whenever we go to court and, and you say, just like their income doesn't matter, their expenses don't either. Okay. Okay? Yeah. I mean, you've got a new family, but you've got a kid over here you got to take care of. And the code says this is the rule. Yeah. The court doesn't care about their needs. Now, that's a generalized statement. Sure. Obviously, if you've got another child that's in, I mean, that's going through cancer treatment or doing whatever and the money is going out that way and there's more money going out than what you had before. That can be considered a material change that could the court could say, you know what, we find a reason to stray from the guidelines, right? And so there's there's never one typical case. But on something like that, you know... You're hoping. Well, if you've
0: got... You want to have the type of relationship with your ex... And, uh, and let's wrap this up after this. Okay. Um, you want to have the type of, of relationship with your ex to where if you've got a child that has cancer and she's like, I don't give a shit about that kid, you know, I want my child support, that y'all are in such a unified front that it's for the common good of every child involved. So that all backs up to what are you doing on the daily basis from today? It doesn't matter what you did because you can't go back and erase those texts. You can't unsay a word. What are you doing today to uh, repair, rebuild, or maintain a good co-parenting relationship with someone? And that comes back to us being accountable for our actions and only our actions. And reactions. And reactions. And just being—and one common—one th- thing, one reason why— I was drawn to ask you to come today was because you're a member of circle of dads and because i know you not well but now better but one thing i did know of you is that you're a man of integrity i can just see that now i know that for sure just from the discussions we've had and it seems that your common um, belief is that as men we are accountable for everything we do and can't blame anybody else it's all on you Um, and I think that, uh, I think if we can model that kind of, um, approach to everything that we'll be better off in the long run. And ultimately we gain, I mean, we, we, we just become better
1: men. Absolutely. And, and there's always going to be the deal where you say, well, but you know, I've just gotten so screwed. Okay. There's nothing you can do about that. It was yesterday. That what moving forward, what can we do? That's, I mean, and I think that's what everybody wants to know. Well, Zach, what can I do to get more time with my kid? Well Go spend number one, more time with your kid. right? Go spend more time. Ask for more time. You know, and you shouldn't have to ask, but there are certain orders that people have agreed to rightfully, wrongfully, where, you know, maybe their ex-spouse has more power than they should. Well, go ask for more time. Ask for more time. Do it. Do it. Give me something to go to court and say, hey, you know, my client agreed to this silly provision that says we'll have visitation as agreed to by by mom. If anybody ever comes to you and says, you know, you need to sign this or we're going to court, go to court if it says as agreed to by mom. Because the only thing that can get worse is you have zero visitation, right? I guess maybe supervised, but at least at that point you still have. Determined, you see a kid. Determined, super, or, or or visitation. Don't ever agree to as agreed to by mom. That's my opinion. You want to do it? Do it at your own peril. But when you do it, and then you don't like the outcome, and you come to me and say, "Well, how can I change it?" Well, how often do you ask for your child? Yeah. Is it sporadic or is it consistent? Right. How do I know? Did you? I tell all my clients it's the same thing anymore. It, it's it's sad that it's come to it. But did you send an email? Did you send a text? Because if I have a text every weekend of you saying, "Hey, can I get can I get my child this week?" and every weekend I have a text that says, "No, you may not," and that goes on for three months, and then you get one, and then it goes on for another three months, and I've got all those texts, and I've got records showing that you've been to the school, you've been keeping up. In spite of all this other stuff. You've been keeping up. You've been going to lunch. You've been going to these practices. You experienced it in your deal. When I go to court and I show the judge, hey, this isn't in the best interest of the child. When we when we first did this, you know, yeah, I was getting to see my kid and she let me see my kid on the regular, the change of circumstances is I'm no longer getting to see my kid. Even though I'm asking. Right. So so what have you done to go see your kid? Have you gone to the school and seen your kid at lunch? What have you done to be present? Right. What have what have you done? Not what has she done? That's my job. Yeah. Your job is to be present. My job is to go point out what she's done. Right? I think that, you know, that... Right? So so when you have that provision, not to cut you off, but just to... When you have something like that and you come in and say, Zach, well, I want more time with my kids. What have you done to get that more time? Have you asked for more time? Have you been... And people say, well, I shouldn't have to ask. Well, the hell you shouldn't. Because if you want more time, you'll do whatever it takes to get it. If that means asking for more time, that means you ask for more time. Right? And then if, if that doesn't come to anything or you have agreements or or it's within the papers and she's not agreeing to this or that, then come see me by all means, but don't come in here and, and you know, you want to come in here and pay me to do something when you haven't done anything, you know, to, to change your circumstance, then by all means come in. Yeah. I'll take your money. I'll take anybody's money. But if you want to be successful, then it starts with you doing what you need to do as a parent. Um, and that's the hard part because, again, we always want to look at, but if she wasn't, if she wasn't keeping me from my kid, I'd get to see him. If she wasn't doing this, she wasn't doing – dude, it doesn't – I mean, yeah, the court may may punish her, but that does nothing for you. Or the kid. Does that really make you feel better? You may think it does, but it's not going to make you feel any better because your kid's now upset because your mom's in jail because they didn't let her – I mean, whatever and, the case may and be.
0: And daddy put her there.
1: All right, and, and vice versa. I tell I tell my my you know my female clients that all the time is what good is it going to do to put him in jail? If you think it's really going to get him to pay, by all means, let's go put him in jail. But if it's just so that you get some satisfaction, what's it going to benefit? Yeah, you know we would rather see the court make him go do, you know, if he if he doesn't have a job or if he's doing it, we would rather the court make him go do career counseling or do whatever something that's going to make him better so that he can help his kid that i mean that's just me of course that suggestion doesn't always fly with excuse me with some of with some of the the people that come in here but it's just it's just that it's suggestions hey you know if you want your husband to go to jail your ex-spouse to go to jail then i'll go push for for that but understand what the ramifications are and what the reality of the need is. Like, um, don't you want them to succeed? Yeah, and, and, and if you got a parent that's just not paying their child support, then they should go to jail. If you've got a parent that's able and they're not doing it, then to hell with them and they should go to jail. And I mean, that's that's my You were talking opinion. about the pay
0: stubs earlier.
1: Um, if you're working really – and I know
0: somebody that did that exact same thing that you were talking about with the company. Mm-hmm. And I just was like, man, I can't even – I can't even talk to you about that, man. Um, but if you, have, if you have the pay stubs and you're hiding how much you, 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 you make, why?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, are you just so scared they're going to take from you everything? I mean, if you're doing the right thing, if you're showing up for your child, you're not going to get crucified. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, just, just do the right thing. Show up for your kids.
1: Yeah, and I mean it's it's the more you do, the more yeses you say, the better you look. If there ever is, the more you've given, and the less you've taken, the, the more you get. Whenever you go to court, the more you say, you know, I've never, I've never called and, and skipped a day. If I hadn't been able to make it, I've had somebody go pick them up and spend time with grandma. Yeah, spend time with grandpa. Get that time. I, I've I've never, not called and not showed up. I've never, you know, these are the things that I have done and haven't done. Yeah. Right. That's, that's what your job is. It's my, it's your job to tell me, you know, what your ex spouse has or hasn't done or to get me the information, but that's not your job to tell the court. Right. And if you represent yourself, that's the only thing you can do. And that's, you know, that's another benefit of having an attorney is you don't look like you're deflecting all of your negatives. Right. That's my job. So, if somebody wants to hire you to do your job, mm-hmm. where do they find you? Um, MP Law Offices, and we're on the uh, South Service Road here in Alito. Um, it's 6900 Interstate Highway 20. And the easiest way, I mean, we're right by Cowtown RV Park. Um, What's right your email? ZP at MANDP. Lawyers dot com. That's ZP at MNPLawyers dot com. Well, Zach, I really appreciate you taking the time to answer
0: all these questions. And man, we could talk for another two or three hours on this stuff.
1: Yeah, it's. I mean, a lot of it. I think we both kind of expected to to hit more pointed stuff and definitive answers on certain things. But I think we are there any definitive answers? No, there's really not, and it's it's all. You know, there was. Um. There are some questions where I just kind of I just kind of smiled when I read them because I was like, you know, a lot of guys are just misguided about what is available, what is expected, what is the standard and They're and right. you shouldn't be. Yeah, I mean, you are misguided. You don't understand and and the reality of it is even if you can't afford an attorney, you can afford a phone call. Yeah. I mean, yeah, some attorneys do require consultation fees, but there's a lot that don't. I don't require a consultation fee. Now, typically that consultation is a telephone conversation, a 30-minute, up to 30-minute telephone conversation to determine, you know, what your your general issues are, what you're looking for, and what your goals are. And then we discuss, you know, how I think I can help you, and then what the costs are going to be do i get i mean do i give a lot more free advice than what i probably sign up absolutely you just gave a ton today man but at least you know going in you know some of the basics you know it's the family code you know anybody out there you just google i mean hell google's it's it's made you know hard on attorneys because you can look up so much information So they come in here and they you know, you have a lot of people that know just enough information to get them in trouble, <laughs> right? Yeah. They kind of say, well, you know, I should only be doing this or that. Well, okay. But your circumstances are such that it's different than that. So, but but it doesn't mean you can't go and look up what standard child support in Texas. Google it. Yeah. There's calculators Damn! If online. you, I mean, there's calculators online. They tell you what the code provisions are. And if you put in your income, they're not going to tell your ex. No, right. And 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 for for more complex ones, I mean, go pay an attorney to help you, because the 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 money you spend now is half of what you're going to spend when you screw up. Yeah. I mean, you got if you've got, you know, pensions or retirement accounts or there's there's property or there's whatever. You have no idea what to do, and there's no way the standardized forms online are going to do it for you. Which I, is, I it? mean, you can do it. I'm, I'm not going to say you can't do it. I'm going to say it is strongly suggested you do not. Yeah. I mean, uh, that's why you have an attorney. It's regardless whether you come to me or you go to Joe down the road. I, I mean, uh, my advice is the same do not do online, especially for complex you know, when there's property issues or, you know, when kids are involved and all that stuff, just don't do it. Yeah. You know, if, if it's a money issue, then go find the cheapest damn attorney you can get. And they're still probably better than the online forms. Sure. You know, I mean, it's, it's still probably better. Um, so, you know, I, pr- I appreciate you having me on here. I Absolutely, know, like man. I said, like you said, we only kind of breached, everything that we could breach but I mean
0: these were some things that some guys would want to listen to you know these are definitely topics that I think that uh, were kind of I think it scratched the surface but it was definitely uh, good material for a guy to listen to and be like okay
1: well. yeah and if, if nothing else you know anybody out there that's going you know I need I need to find a way to get more time with my kid we'll go get more time with your kid go Don't, eat lunch with them do whatever is not prohibited by that order you don't think your ex would like an afternoon off? You, hey, what well, if and, I come pick and, her up? And I'll tell you this. A lot of times in the beginning, it's very much, I mean, and when it's contentious, they may say no. Keep asking because at some point they're going to want that time. That's what we talked about earlier. It, it's when you look at it, sometimes I look at people and go, you know what? I mean, not that I don't want my wife or my kids, but that time. It's kind of nice. It's kind of nice sometimes, you know, that weekend that I'm going to have, if I don't decide to go to Houston today, we'll see what I end up doing. But that time that I have is kind of nice. So use it, use it to be a better person, use it to get something done. Right. And, and so, you know, it doesn't have to be bad, but i keep asking, keep asking, keep asking. You want to change your circumstances, then you change them. Yeah. Don't ask somebody or expect somebody else to do it if you're not going to. Absolutely. And that's the whole point of this deal is we just keep, keep getting
0: better. Zach, I really appreciate you taking the time, so generously donating your time this yeah, morning. Yeah, absolutely. And um, you know, I ask that y'all please subscribe, give us reviews, uh, rate us on iTunes and, or Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And, and please share with your
1: friends, because there might be somebody out there that needs this information. And I have a I have a we have a Facebook page. I don't do nearly enough on it. I need to do some blog posts or do something and maybe that's something you know you and I can get with or, or the, the listeners can can send stuff occasionally and I can do a blog post on, on an Absolutely. issue. But uh anybody out there that wants to send me a message asking me questions that doesn't want to email me for whatever reason, feel free to go to the, the M and P Law Office's Facebook page, send me a message, I'm not going to contend. That I'm an expert at the quick response, but if you you know if if you want to ask a question and you want to keep asking or or whatever, please feel free um, and I'll do everything I can to get back to you.
0: Thank you, Zach. And also, men uh, seek out our Facebook page, The Circle of Dads. It's a closed group to where we can talk about stuff like this in a private forum. Zach is a member of that, and he's he's been very generous with how he responds to people in that in that area as well, um, as we've talked about today. You do not have to be perfect, but you do have to be present. Love runs downhill. We chase until the day we die. I'm Ryan, I'm your host. Thank you.